So welcome to our final Sunday in the series that we have called Seeing Salvation. The last three weeks, there has not been a preacher, no sermon per se, but what we have had is a beautiful piece of art depicting some aspect of the Christmas story and several people who spent some time with that piece of art sharing their reflections with you. And today we'll be doing something similar, although it's going to be a little bit of a, there's going to be a little bit of a twist. Instead of hearing from two people today, uh, I'll be doing a little bit of a reflection. I'll share a little bit about what I have found meaningful in the picture, and then there'll be some space for you to consider in quiet and for you to share anything that, uh, that you notice in this piece of art. The other thing that we're doing that's different is it's not actually a piece of art, it's an icon. So here's an explanation a little bit as to how icons work. Does anybody know much about icons? Anyone? A little bit? Ken Bell does, of course, yes former pastor. Uh, So here's my take on how icons work. What you're going to see in in a few moments is a stylized picture. And that's how icons are. They're not uh, meant to be realistic. The perspective might be a bit weird in some of them. And the people and the places depicted are, are very stylized. There's a prescribed way of painting an icon. And the intent behind the picture, the artist who painted that icon, uh, is not interested in, in demonstrating their skill as an artist. What the hope is, coming from this artist, is that this icon would function as a, a window into something. So an icon is not something that you pray to. You don't pray to those images in the icons, but, but you pray with the assistance of that image. Icons are like a window into the kingdom. A way of seeing something uh, with your eyes, seeing something visibly that actually is, is invisible. They are not going to capture your attention right away. They will reward you with a kind of slow release of God's spirit. At least that's my experience. A leisurely, patient gaze and an openness to God's spirit is what's required. So let's put up this icon. And there are going to be a few images of it. And Jan, in whatever time you see fit, you can scroll to the next image because there are three of them. So this one here is my favorite. It's called the Savior or the Peacemaker. It comes from a place in Russia called Zvenogorod and it has a fascinating story. It was painted the beginning of the 15th century by Rublev and then for a long period of time it was lost. It was originally part of a series, and it was 
sawed off and separated from the rest. This is the only one that still exists. And you know how it was found? It was found in a barn. And it was found when um, an art historian was walking through a barn. I don't know if he was looking for treasures or not, but he was in this barn, which is quite close to a very famous Russian cathedral. He was walking and he saw a step that looked interesting, and so he actually picked up the piece of wood and turned it over and found Jesus looking up at him. The face of Jesus in the floor of a barn. Clearly, the icon has been damaged. You can see at the top and at the bottom that there's damage to the face of the Savior. And yet for me, it's not actually a, a drawback. It's actually something that becomes a part of the meaning of the icon for me. It speaks to me, that damaged face. It speaks to me. And every time I look at it, when I come back to it, I see something different. You've already heard me say that icons function like a, a window into something, but I also find that sometimes icons function uh, almost like a, a mirror. Like I see, I learn more about myself as I look at the icon. Sometimes I see the icon, and sometimes I almost feel like God is seeing me, that God is gazing at me, that God is bringing to mind bringing to my spirit something that I need to know about what's in my own heart. Henry Nouwen, in this beautiful book called Behold the Beauty of the Lord, Praying with Icons, has a, a chapter on several different icons, including this one. And if any of you want to borrow this book, you're welcome to, or I can email you the, the chapter about this icon, which is quite lovely. Henry Nouwen says about this particular icon, he says, this has brought me closer than any other work of art to seeing Christ. So you get to have some moments now with Jesus, with this icon. And there are a few things that you can do in this time of personal reflection. Perhaps you simply want to gaze that icon. Just look at it and see what stands out to you, what detail of the face or the picture speaks to you. Or if that doesn't work for you, perhaps you just want to sit with the year that has just passed and the year that is to come. You want to reflect maybe on what was good about your year, what was hard, and maybe listen for a word for this year for you. Or maybe you simply just want to listen to the music that Andrew will play instrumentally and allow God to speak to you through that music. Here are some questions for you to consider. Um, I think it'll be after the scripture reading, Jan, the next one on the PowerPoint that says uh, the questions. Some questions for you to consider as you look at the icon. Keep going. Keep going. 
there you go. So some questions for you to consider. Kind of a consolations and desolations process. Looking back on the year that we just had, looking forward to the year that's to come. Maybe you want to think of those questions as you look at that icon. But this is your time. There's no particular prescribed thing you must do. Um, it'll be about three minutes of just quiet contemplation on the contemplation on the face of Christ, and then I'll share with you uh, one of my reflections. Actually, we'll read the scripture that we that we're going to hear today, and then I'll share with you one of my reflections. And then Andrew will play a few songs, and we'll pause occasionally to to hear if any of you have anything that you want to share. Okay. As you continue to gaze on the face of Jesus, as you continue to reflect, hear the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So let me read that again as we look at the icon this time, as we gaze on the face of Christ. Hear these words again. And hear if there might be something for you by way of an invitation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So friends, why don't you have a seat briefly? Jan, would you put up on the PowerPoint those questions and the, the face of Christ again? So I did tell you that I was going to share very briefly about uh, what I see in this picture, what I have seen recently. And if any of you want to share uh, either any responses to those questions or response to the picture, uh, you're welcome to do that. For me, uh, this week, that face speaks to me of resilience of the kind of strength and weakness that we were talking about in the series on 2 Corinthians that we focused on this fall. That there's a sense of strength in that face of Christ. 
And despite the damage, despite the battles that have been fought, Christ remains. And I hear an invitation for me to continue to depend on Christ, not on my own strength and not to pretend that I have it together, but to trust Jesus and to let whatever brokenness I have, whatever frailties I have, just to be there. For Christ in his grace and strength can make those things beautiful.